Hey everybody, welcome again to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Bruns. Thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. Relationships are the keys to any group of people. It can be your family, it can be your company, it can be a whole lot of things. Today we're going to look at three keys to have better relationships in a lesson titled Jesus, the Master of Relationships. Thank you for joining us. You know, if you've been to one of our services, we have a slide that we've looked at often where there is a cross in the middle signifying Jesus and his life and his death on the cross. And then centered around the cross is, is a bunch of arrows that are all pointing towards the cross. And then beyond the arrows are all these individual little people and groups of people signifying all of the church and the community beyond. As we grow and we live in our faith, we want to be centered around Jesus as individuals and as a church uh, uh, functioning and and growing in our faith and growing closer uh, towards Jesus and, of course, centered on the cross. But on this slide, there are arrows that go from people to people, person to person, group of people to another group of people. Those are the relationships between us all between us all as a members of the church, but also uh, people in the community, as we want to have great relationships with people around us. You know, we all want great relationships. And we're going to look at three keys today from Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 that will give us, a, uh, give us guidance to having those relationships. And they'll be applicable to, to work and to school, to church, to, fr- to other friends and family. You know, so many times we want our relationships to show up like a movie on the Hallmark uh, Channel. Where everybody goes home happy. Everybody might have a little bump here or there, but then they end, it's all good. And everybody has hot chocolate at the end and it's just such a beautiful moment. And the relationship is, is grows and, and they grow closer together. But you know what? It is just not like that. We all wish we had relationships like that. So we need to dig deeper on this from Jesus. We need to dig deeper and look at his relationships and how he worked and take those lessons and apply them. You know, the relationships are like bones in our body, right? We can't see them physically, but they protect us from the inside. They hold us up we have good, strong bones, they support our bodies, they support a lot of things. The strong bones help us stand, they help us run, they help us pick things up. They protect the vital organs in our bodies. Well, it's the same with relationships. Good ones can protect us to the core of who you are and support you. That's the reason we look at that today. Again, Jesus, the master of relationships, I'm going to read out of the NIV. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. 
Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. You know, I don't know if Peter's looking for a clarification. Maybe he's been wronged in the past, maybe multiple times. And so he's wanting to know, like, how many times do I actually have to forgive this person? Or maybe he's just looking for a clarification on something Jesus had said. Jesus, you know, you said this the other day. And let me just double check again. How many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sinned against me? I'm not sure what caused the question, but what is for sure is that Jesus is setting the example in this. We've already seen him. If you read through the first 17 chapters of Matthew, we've seen him be wronged already, not just once, but many times. And this is way before the cross, the, 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 the days and weeks leading up to the cross. He has had to forgive already on top of forgiving their people's sins at the cross. So Jesus is speaking from experience here. And you know, Luke chapter 17, there's a parallel story where the disciples respond with, Jesus, increase our faith. They knew what Jesus was saying here is hard. I mean, I can't help but think that they're thinking about, you know, well, Jesus, what about the people that hate us? Do, do we have to forgive them? Or, or, Jesus, what about the people, maybe they don't hate us, they just disagree with us. Do we even have to forgive them? But even later, how are we ever going to forgive Judas, our friend? The lesson of forgiveness that Jesus is setting for them will carry them for a lifetime. The lesson of how to work through difficult re moments in relationships will help them. The lessons that Jesus is teaching them and how to work through challenges in a family or friendships was invaluable for them down the road. Jesus is helping them now, giving them perspective and teaching them to have the right heart because relationships can be hard. Relationships can be difficult. And it wouldn't be much longer. And they would have to reconcile of how to forgive Judas for selling out Jesus. How to forgive Judas their buddy, their pal, their comrade for the wrong that he would do towards Jesus. In Jesus' story here, the disciples are the servants, and so are we. We are the servants. How much is owed from the servant? You know what I read? It said 10,000 bags of gold. In the Greek, it says 10,000 talents. One talent being about 20 years of labor salary. 20 years of salary for a laborer. I don't know how much that is, but the point is, is that it is a lot. Like, really a lot. And Jesus says in his story that the servant wants to pay it back, but he just simply can't. Can you imagine being indebted 20 years of your Salary to someone. 
You just can't pay it back. And so the master wants the most valuable things. He wants his wife. He wants his children. He wants everything. He wants his house and sell it all and give me the money. And the servant, of course, is just gets on his knees and, gosh, please, I am determined to pay this back. I'm going to pay it back. And by getting on his knees, he's just humble before the master. Determined to pay it all back. The master, of course, has pity because he knows that it's not possible. He knows that the debt is too much. He'll never get it repaid. And so he doesn't just cut it in half or gives him a 10% discount, 25% discount, or pay later, no money down, here's a loan to pay it back. He doesn't do any of that. He cancels the debt free and clear. He canceled every last bag of gold, every last talent. He canceled all of the debt, 100% of it, of that money that was owed. You know, there's lessons here for us in our relationships today. But you know, when you get freed of debt, you know how good that feels? Oh my goodness. Have you ever paid off a car, paid off a student loan, paid off a house? When we get, get out of debt of just how good that feels? Can you imagine the servant of how good that felt, knowing how much debt he had? But then to hear the master say, no, it's canceled. In our relationships, there are some real lessons here. Three of them I came up with today. You may come up with some more. These come from my own experiences and maybe even yours. Maybe you can add to them. But lesson number one, the servant knew he was the servant. He wasn't confused in his place of who the master was. And I think for us, we've got to understand and have a clear view of who we are and who God is. We go God everything. We owe God all that we have. How many breaths have you taken aside from what God has given you today? How many steps have you walked today separate from the ones that God allowed you to take? How much food have you eaten today or this week or in your lifetime that God didn't actually give to you? How many things have you seen that God didn't allow you to see? How many uh, trees, how many mountains, how many stars at night have you seen aside from what God has put in place? And exactly what do you have that doesn't come from God? You owe your very existence to God. And I think that's the thing that we see the servant here is that he had a very clear view of the master. And sometimes these, these things that, that we use every day that we 
breath, you know, breathing all the time, the steps that we take, we forget that actually God gives us these things. It's God that's given me the body to be able to walk out to my car. It's God that's given me the eyes to be able to see. This God has given me, uh, you know, the ability to eat food. And while all of our gifts are not the same from one to another, the gifts that we do have do come from God. He is the source of our gifts. And so knowing that relationship, knowing our place before God, that is going to help us in our relationships. Because the second one is just to be genuine and honest. The servant gets on his knees. A good thing, actually. And he actually does it twice. Before the master, and then again later in the story. You know, God is concerned about our hearts, the deep inside parts of our hearts. Because as we read on, starting in verse 28, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. So in that case, his action was there, but the heart wasn't. The action of wanting to pay back his master, the 10,000 bags of gold. Well, his heart actually was a bit off because when it came to someone owing him actually a fraction of what he owed the master, his heart wasn't there. We've got to be genuine and honest. As I said, God is concerned about our hearts doesn't want us just to go through the, mo- the motion, just doing the right things. Being genuine and honest with our relationships, in our relationships, genuine conversation, honest talk goes a long way. Towards having great relationships. Number three, just don't think highly, more highly of yourself than you ought. This is sometimes where we get into trouble. We put pressure on ourselves that that actually should go to God. We think our life is harder when we start comparing ourselves to others. We can sometimes think our life is harder than others. And we get kind of full of ourselves. And full of our thoughts that actually don't center around the cross. They actually center around ourselves. You know, Philippians chapter 2 is a great scripture to reference. Of just not thinking, again, more highly of ourselves than we should. A humble road in our relationships is a very good road to be on.
thinking of the other person better than ourselves, thinking of, of the other person above and beyond ourselves. You know, the servant failed in these, and he gets himself into trouble. He gets himself, as we read, just over a, a few silver coins, one day labor wage, a fraction of what he owed to the master. But this is a parable so that it doesn't happen to us. I hope this helps when you think about your relationships this week. I hope this helps to think about knowing our place to God. That God is the master. We are the servant. We actually owe God the things in our lives. To be genuine and honest in our relationships. To have truthful conversation. And have truthful inquiry. And honest inquiry to our friends and our family. And not to think of ourselves more highly than we should. Not to think of ourselves more highly than our friend or our neighbor. I hope this helps. Again, in your relationships, you know, to do so, we need to apply these things. Where do you need help in your relationships and what actually is needed? in your relationships? What are the things that can take your relationships to a better place? You know, Jesus is the master of relationships here. As you read through the book of Matthew, there are so many lessons of how he was honest, of how he was truthful, of how he was genuine. So many lessons of how people compare to the creator of the world. And so many lessons of people not thinking more highly than we should of ourselves. Peter came to Jesus of, Lord, how, how many times do I have to forgive these people that hurt me? How many times do I have to forgive people that don't like me? How many times do I have to forgive people when they're not going to say I'm sorry? How many times do I have to forgive when I'm not going to get anything back? And reconciliation is not coming. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. I hope that was helpful, and if you liked it and would like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're in Charlottesville, Virginia area and would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at blueridgedisciples.org for more information.